Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Just pray for Canada before we're seated. Father, we just come before you once again just to say thank you for who you are to us, but also thank you for this great land that we live in. Father, we do stand on guard for her, and we thank you that we live in a nation that is free to worship you, that is built on godly principles. And so, Father, we as a church are committed to keeping a righteous standard of what your word says in this land. Father, thank you for this country, and we thank you in your sight. It's a blessed nation. So we speak blessings over this nation from coast to coast. We don't speak division. We don't speak disunity. But we speak a people that are surrendered to you. Father, we love you. We honor you. And we thank you again for this nation that we live in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. We're so thrilled that you're here. Happy Canada Day weekend to you. I know we're going to be celebrating. Anybody got fireworks going on? You're just, nobody got fire, anybody got fireworks in their backyard that's happening? All right, there's a few people, you're just, you're not sure if it's legal or not. I, I don't know either, I just think it's fun. Man, we got to celebrate, so I'm looking for some fireworks. Uh, but you can come talk to me afterwards if publicly you don't want to announce that you got fireworks coming. Uh, but if you got your Bibles with you uh, this morning, we're going to continuing our series again on um, Christian killers. And uh, man, it's, it's been a powerful series. I've been learning lots, and I trust you've been learning as well. And uh, for me, I don't know about you, but this is something in, in my life I want to make sure that I want to get rid of all this junk and stuff that could hinder my walk with the Lord because I want to go all out for Him. Anybody else want to go all out for Him? All right, a few, few of us do. And by the end of this, I'm hoping you'll get there too. But I mean, everything that we've talked about from, man, from you know, making sure we're living for the right audience to making sure we got our right expectations up. And last week, you know what was awesome last week uh, with Ashley and Carly Teredes? Uh, they had, like, we had asked them to come to do a healing service, and so that's what they were ready to do, and uh, they came, and the Lord, he said, uh, that night totally changed his meshes on the church, and I want to touch on that a little bit, because that was a divine message for us as a family, because how many know your finances are directly linked to healing in your physical body? It is, it is so connected, it ain't even funny, that people a lot of times are looking for answers in their physical bodies, but if the financial side of your life isn't laid out properly, Forget everything else. Jesus said, if you can't trust me in the little things, how can you trust me with more? And the little things is the money. It's the smallest of everything else. So if we can trust the Lord in the finances, we can trust him in the healing of our bodies as well. So don't, don't look at it going, okay, healing is one, finance is the other. They are all connected. Remember, you are a spirit. You have a soul, your body. You have one life. And all of this is connected. You can't just jump around, I want this and I want that. They are all united to one another. Now, I know that's heavy right off the bat, but let's just get it out there so we can get going on this. Are we cool? All right. So this morning, the Christian killer I want to just talking about is uh, becoming a sideline Christian. It's uh, Christian killers just remaining on the sidelines. And I don't know about you, but I, anytime that I played sports, I hated being on the sidelines. Anybody enjoy sideline watching? Oh, we have a few people that enjoy the sidelines. Okay, well... In Christianity, we don't want to be on the sidelines watching everybody else. We, this is a participation sport. And uh, one of the things I know from my own personal self, because the sidelines, what is you get to watch everybody else do the things that you want to be doing. Now, not only do I want to be doing, but I want to be a part of. I want to see myself invested in this. I want to get excited. I want to be on the field when the team wins the game. Anybody else want that? Man, and so what we're waiting for is the final whistle, or in the Bible talks it about the blow of the trumpet. When that final blow comes, I want to make sure I'm in the game. I left my skin in the game. I gave it all because I want all in. Anybody else want all in? That's us. I believe that's what this church is called to be doing. So uh, this morning, we're going to be going into this, just talking about sideline Christianity and how it actually will eventually kill you. And so if your Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and uh, we'll launch off right here. Are we ready this morning? Oh yeah, we're ready. Okay, verse 1. It says now, just, just to, you know, Paul's talking about food, but we're going to just get to a certain part, portion of this. But Paul begins by writing, Now regarding your question about food that have been offered to idols, yes, we all know that, and I love Paul's, you know, his quotations, we all have knowledge. Right, can we just do that together? You know, Paul got a little smirky on this. We all got knowledge, right? It's just, we all got knowledge about this issue, right? Everybody's gotten this, and everybody's saying that. We all got it. 
But while knowledge makes us feel important, I mean, it makes you feel good, it is love that strengthens the church. All right, verse 2 is going to verse two is gonna hurt. Ready? Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. If you think you know it all, guess what? The Bible says you don't know very much. <laughs> so here's the good side of the table is just to make sure that you are one that says, I don't know everything. Right? And it's okay not to know everything. Right? The Bible, Paul even said, we know in part. You're not going to know all the right answers. So we know in part. But then this is the part that I want to get to. Verse 3. I love this verse. But the person who loves God is the one whom God, come on, say it together, God recognizes. You know, other translations in the New King James Bible, it says, anyone who loves God, this one is known by him. Anybody want to be recognized or known by God? Yeah, now we know this. The Bible says very clearly that God is no respecter of persons. Right? You've read that in the Bible? I believe it's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. In Romans chapter 1, it talks about that uh, the, uh, God, he's got no favorites. Right? But there is a difference. He does recognize some people over others in, in, in church circles. Did you know that? And who are the ones that he recognizes? Those who love him. Now, who loves God? All right. That's, I'm glad you got your hands up. But we've got to define what does it mean to love God. Because just to say, oh, I love God means absolutely nothing. I love God. Well, yeah. So does everybody else that could say, oh, I love God. But there's got to be a proof to your love for him. Right? And so, in that, you know, another translation or another verse I want to show you. Second Chronicles 16.9 in the Message Bible or I'll read it from the New Living. It says, the eyes of the Lord, what are they doing? Searching the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Now, I want to just read it to you from the Message Bible. It says this, God is always on the alert. Can you say always? Always on the alert. He is constantly on the lookout for the people who are totally committed to Him. Now, I wake up. This is something I purpose in my heart every day. Before my feet hit the ground, while I'm, my kids wake me up early in the morning, I'm going to say, Lord, my goal today is to be more committed to you today than I was yesterday. That, to me, is success. My entire purpose on this life is not to get you know, the next best thing. My purpose for existence on this life, if you've been called by God, and maybe He called your name, you're in this family with Him, is to know Him in a greater level. That is the ultimate success that anyone could ever have. And He's saying here, this is so His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth. He is always on alert, constantly looking for someone who are completely committed to Him. So this shows me I don't have to strive in my Christianity. What does it show me? It shows me that I have to be available to say yes to Him in everything. This is what He's looking for. He wants to, he wants to show Himself, in this word of translation, say strong on your behalf. He wants to do it, but He needs something from us in order to do it. He needs a fully committed heart. Now you've got to get all in. You've got to get off the sidelines and you've got to get all in on this. right? Now, you know, if you, just 2 Timothy chapter 3, I want to just read this to you. God is on the lookout for lovers, so I am getting off the sidelines. Anybody else want to get off the sidelines with me this morning? Man, I'm off. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is something that we see. And Paul, he's talking again to you know, one of his young guys that he was discipling and named T uh, Timothy, young pastor. And he's writing this verse in talking about these last days that we are now living in. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, saw into the day and age that we are living in right now and says, write this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, I mean, we're in the last days, there will be, what? Easygoing times. No, so if things are hard and difficult around us, guess what? The Bible already told us that. So God's not shaken by anything that's going on in the world. All the agendas, all the sly things that darkness is trying to do. God is not thrown off by any of it. He predicted it. He prophesied it a long, long time ago. But then he's writing this, not about just the world, he's writing this to the church. These are church people who are about to read. So I don't know about you, but there's things that I want to rebel against, and it's this right here I want to rebel against. You want to see it? Verse 2 says this, For people will love only themselves and what? And their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedience to their parents, and what else? Ungrateful ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. This isn't the world, just so everybody knows. The world already does this. 
He's talking about church folk. Okay, verse 3. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Verse 4. Don't worry, it gets better. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. Verse 5 goes on to say, They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. And these next six words are vital for you and I. Stay away from people like that. Have nothing to do with them. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to rebel in the sense of I don't want to become anything that those uh, five verses I just read. I don't want to be any of that. So can you go back to verse 2 for a sec? So rather than me being a lover of myself and of my money, what do I want to be? I want to be a lover of others. I want to be a distribution center of money to flow out from rather than a hoarder of it all. Can, Can you see this? I want to be now, instead of boastful and proud, what do I want to be? I want to be humility. I want to stand before God. God, I don't know it all. Teach me. I'm open to learn. Disobedient to parents. This much, not just saying, no, mom, I'm not going to listen to you. There's more. There's an attitude along with that. But I'm not going to be disobedient to those that are ahead of me or those that are beyond me. Right? Especially in the generation we live now. We don't need, information is at our fingertips. Oh, I don't need the older generation. For my generation, we need y'all. And all the older people said, "Uh uh-huh. And then I was just going to say that. Pastor Sheila said, we, you need us. And all the younger people said, uh-huh. Right? It's a generation. It's together. The church is not separated in old and young. It's the church. Right? And ungrateful. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to live a very grateful life. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this church. I am thank God that we have air conditioning in this building. I'm grateful for it all. I got a car that I came. Actually, I came here in a minivan. If you can be grateful about a minivan, you can be grateful about anything. and I'm not going to go through this list but you get the point I want to rebel against everything that this is I do not want this to become me I don't want somebody to look at my life and Joel Housing oh yeah you know he was a real lover of himself boy did he love money I don't want that said of me what do I want said of me man this guy loved God and he loved people so well and he just gave it the drop of a hat that's just who he was I want that to be said of me Anybody else want that set of them? That's who I want. Okay. I want to be one that God recognizes. So how do I get off the sideline? And how do I get into the game? Are you ready? It's going to be very simple. But it's going to be helpful. 1 John chapter 5. And verse 3. Loving God. So remember we said, who loves God? Whew, we all raised our hands and we got excited about it. Now not as many people are raising their hands. Because now you're finding out, okay, what, what is it to this? Loving God means keeping His commands. Loving God means keeping His commands. Let's say it together. Loving God means keeping His commands. Loving God doesn't mean I sing the loudest during worship. Loving God doesn't mean that I go for a lap and I can run around and do all these types of things. That's all great, that's all wonderful, but let that be a byproduct because you obey His commands. The proof is in the pudding. You want to see if I truly love God? Don't just tell me. Show me. Show me the love. This is what God is asking us as His church. Show me the love. What does that mean? It's you are going to obey my commands. And my commandments are not burdensome. To the flesh they may go, I don't really feel like doing that. Yeah, yeah, but that's to the flesh. There's things that you don't want to do all the time, but there's just some things you got to do. And when you get into it, what's going to happen? Your want to is going to want to change. Right? I mean, I asked this a couple weeks ago, and brother or sister Terry here just said, you know, I mean, how many of you are excited to come to church this morning? All right, that's wonderful that 10 of us were excited to come to church this morning. But what about the rest of all y'all? Yeah, woo! Either you want to, you can't go by how you want to or what you feel like doing. I'm doing this because I'm obeying God, so what am I going to do? I'm going to step out in obedience, and my want to, God will help me with that. As long as I got to do something in order for God to help me. So my want to, there's nothing to do with what I'm going to be choosing to do. Okay, glad that went over well. And again, Loving God means keeping His commandments. So my job is to make sure that I'm hearing and keeping His commands. My job is not to make sure that my wife is loving God. Oh, oh, come on now. Why did you have to bring that up? Yeah, I know. I just, I did it. It's a long weekend. 
My job isn't to make sure my kids are loving God. My job is to make sure that I am loving God. By how? By keeping His command. Now this is one thing that I'm, I'm learning big time for myself, is that no matter what the mood is with my children, if they're not in the best mood, I'm not going to let them get me off of the command of love. Anybody ever been tempted like that before? Kids woke up on the wrong side of bed again. What is wrong with you today? Sixth day in a row, praise the Lord. I'm not going to get off the command because of somebody else. Now, no matter how mean you want to be to me, this is what I'm learning for myself. I am not going to get off the command. Why? Because I love him more than I love you. Is this making sense? Is this... Is... Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I, this, I sing a lot to myself in the car. So this is just... This comes out of me naturally. Somebody does something that you don't like. And there's plenty of drivers that just don't seem to know how to drive. I would love to teach the city how to drive. <laughs> Preach, yeah, I know. Anybody want lessons? I will gladly take you out in my minivan and we'll go for a little stroll. <clears throat> it's actually my wife's minivan. But, but I'm not going to let anybody off, get me off of the command. Off of what he told me in his word to do. Right? Okay, let's continue on in this. We'll get a little bit deeper. Obedience is up to me. It's up to me. It's not up to anybody else. Obedience is up to me. So in John, uh, Gospel of John chapter 14, I want you to turn there uh, because I really want you to see it in your Bible. I remember when I was youth pastoring, this was like one of the first messages that God really gave me and it absolutely radically just did something to me personally. Because I don't know about you, but there's been times, if you go to verse 15 first, guys, that'd be great. I, I want God real in my life. I don't want just... You know, I, want, I don't want just this Christian thing just to be talked about, give me a hearsay and, oh, I go to church and I do this, but there's no fruit in my life. I can't stand that stuff. It's hypocritical. It's not church. I want to see Jesus in my life. Anybody else want that? I want him. So right here, these verses right here really radically just moved me. And I want to just share them with you this morning. John 14, 15, Jesus said again, just before he went to the cross, if you really love me, you will do what? Now, he doesn't say anything else. If you really love me, you'll be nice. Do you see that in there? If you really love me, you'll go to church. If you really love me, and I mean, lots of people have this misconcept, but if you really, I'm going, I love God by keeping his commandments, and part of his commandments is not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But there's a higher purpose. I love him, therefore I do it. If we just go to church for the sake of, oh, I better just go to church, because, you know, that's... That's what you do on Sundays. You're missing a bigger point. If you can do it out of obedience to him, you're going to experience church in a greater manner. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Verse 21 now. Gee, this is, your words are in red in your Bibles. Jesus said, this is the Amplified Bible. He says, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who what? Really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him. And what is He going to do? And I will reveal myself to Him. He goes on to say, I will make myself real to Him. This is the answer. Anybody seen Jesus recently? Oh, I don't see Him. Can I just tell you what the, where you're missing it? You don't obey. Faith isn't an issue. God gave you his faith. Faith is not the problem. What's the problem now? Is obeying what he asked you and I to do. So it's just an obedience thing. Verse 22 goes on. This is Judas, not Iscariot, asked him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the whole world? I mean, think about that for a sec. Jesus isn't going around in the, in the world going, hey, everybody, it's me. You know what? I got the nails. It's actually me. No, he's decided not to, not to do it that way. Because if he did, there'd be you need no faith would be gone. You wouldn't need that anymore because now you can see him. But listen, this is who he's decided to make himself real to are those who obey. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Don't, don't shut me down. I'm trying to help somebody because this is what Jesus is wanting to do. He wants to make himself clearly seen by his church, by his family. He wants you to see him. So he's given us the answer. If you want to be seen by me, obey. Verse 23. 
Jesus answered again, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word or my teaching and my father will love him. And then look at this. And we will come to him and we will make our dwelling place with him. So what is this? Now God's going to live on the inside of you. Through my obedience, I actually become a vessel of, a vessel of hosting the presence of God everywhere I go. I mean, you read the book of Acts and you see everything that these disciples did. You look at Peter. I mean, for him, I get excited about reading Peter. His shadow, man, it, it healed people as he walked by them. How did he do that? Did he just pray for a special anointing? No. The disciples were obedient to the command that Jesus gave them. And the result was miracles just took place. This isn't stuff we should be straining for. We're going we're gonna to take a week of fasting and nobody's going to do anything except pray to God. That's wonderful. You might get hungry. But what's the result? Are we seeing any fruit? No. What is he asking for? Obedience. Everybody say obedience. This is what he's asking for. So what has the Lord told us, you and I, to do? Are you doing okay? Okay. So how do I get off the sidelines? Obey. Let's say it together. How do I get off the sidelines in Christianity? I obey. This is how I do life. This is how I live my life. I live my life in obedience to what he says. This is proof that you and I, we love him. Are we doing okay this morning? I know you're thinking it over, but I just want to make sure that we're, we're okay with this. Now, what is obedience? Now, you look it up in any definition in the dictionary. Obedience simply means to act in line to the will, demand, or request of someone else. Really, another, trans or another definition would say to submit. So everybody say, I submit to God. And you know what's going to happen when you submit to him? He's going to make himself real to you. He's going to manifest himself to you. It's not right that you and I live our life and not see God some way, form, either in ourselves or through somebody else. We have got to be seeing him on a regular basis. We're his kids. He's not an absent father. He is there, but he needs something to work with. What is it? Obedience. Right? Okay. So, what am I to obey? What do I obey? There's two things that I want to talk about. Number one is the written Word of God. We are to obey what the Word has to say. And then number two, we are to obey the promptings or the leadings of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get it talking about the Holy Spirit this summer, I think, a little bit. Just talking about how to be led by Him. So let's talk about first, number one, the Word of God. If you got your Bibles, you can go to 1 John chapter 3. And I want to just show you the command that he gave us. Just going to take this off because I'm sweating again. <clears throat> Can I give it to you? Thank you, sweetheart. 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. And this is the commandment. Ready? Here's the command. To loving him. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what else? Love one another just as he commanded us. Now look at verse 24. This shows real good. Those who obey God's commandments remain now. Look at this. Here's another aspect of it. You remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives inside of us. So how do we know that we're remaining in close relationship, close communion with him? Is that we are obeying what he's asked us to do. And what did he ask us to do? Very simple. Believe in the name of his son Jesus. How many of you believe in the name of His Son, Jesus? Now, that's not just a one-time thing. You did that when you came into an altar call and you said, Jesus, I believe in you. That doesn't mean that ended there, you know, 20 years ago. It is a present, everyday living. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Him. Not just for the sake of salvation, but through any trial that I may go through, I believe Him. I have faith in who my God is. I believe my God. And then secondly, he says to walk in love with one another. This is the command. So if I'm going to miss it in any area, it's going to be me misplacing my trust in somewhere else or me not walking in love. So what is the sin of the church? It's not walking in love. A step out of love is a step into sin. So this is who you and I are. This is what we are as people. So if we're going to miss it in any area, it's these two areas. So let's just keep it simple. Right? Can, can we see that? So this is what I'm to obey right here. When I believe in Jesus, it simply means I believe what he told me in his word is absolutely true. Right? This is it. 
I know this is very basic, but we got to understand that this is the foundation. This is God's word. I got to go by what he said in his word. And when I step out, it's not my job to make it happen. I totally trust him to make it come to pass in my life. Right? And then Romans chapter 8, just to show you the Holy Spirit. What am I to obey? The leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14. It says the mature sons of God or mature children of God are those who are moved. How? By the impulses of what? The Holy Spirit. This is what I'm to obey. What the Word says and the impulses of the Spirit. Now here's the thing. Don't just go by the impulses of the Spirit if you don't know the Word of God. If you do not know the Word of God, the impulses of the Holy Spirit, you'll have no idea what they are. Because the Holy Spirit is the author of this book. Now I know we know this, but i gotta get, I got to get to some of these simplicities. Jamie and I, we talk a lot about this at all, like at home until time. It's just talking about, man... We want to see people loving Jesus. What does it look like? What does it sound like? It's people who are just devoted to what he says in his word. This is what he told us. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and do it. No questions asked. Jesus, you're the boss. That's what you say? Done. And when you start to obey the word, you're going to start to notice these impulses start coming to you and go, oh, I recognize that because the same author that wrote this book lives inside of me. So let me just give you now two areas where we miss it in the from the Word of God. Are you okay this morning just to do this? The whole point of Christian Killers, again, is not to make us feel all hunky-dory, yeah, woo, making us run around the building. That will come once we get this in place. Okay? The first place that I'm finding right here that we talked about earlier, <clears throat> where the Word of God, where people have missed it, and this is, again, just going by my own, not just my own personal life, but just the experiences that I've had in my short 13 years of pastoring. <laughs> and it was very small. But these are some of the areas that we see on a quite a regular basis because people are calling, people are asking questions, people don't know direction, people are, how come this isn't working? How come I'm not seeing that? Can I just give you two big areas where we may be missing it? Yeah. Okay, and last week was a big one. It was a huge one. And I want you to see it for just from the financial aspect of it. And I want you to look at Luke chapter 16 for a moment because this is all connected. How come I don't have peace in my home? Well, are you a tither? Well, no. That's connected. How come there's strife in my marriage? How come there's all, all this um, problems going on? And how come I'm not, you know, getting along like we used to? Is, is, are you tithing? No. It's connected. Whether you realize it or not, it is. How come my kids are running loose and there's not, you know, things are going off? Are you tithing? No. It's connected. You know, one of the things that, you know, that was so encouraging to me that I can talk about them because they're not here. Uh, they moved Mr. and Mrs. Entz. I, I love those guys. They moved to Victoria uh, just a, about a month and a half ago or so. And something Mr. Entz actually said to me that was really, it just kind of hit me. Um, you know, they were, they were home builders around in, in this area. And now, they're, of course, they're doing that in Victoria. But one of the things I remember him saying to me, because they, they built a home just a couple doors down away from where we live currently, uh, and they were they got it all ready to go, and it was a it was a beautiful spec home, and they, it was on the market for I don't know at this time about three three months or so, and as a home builder, I mean you want to get those things, you know, build them, sell them as quick as you can, and it was taking a little bit of time, and I remember just talking about it, and he had absolutely no fear, he wasn't concerned about it. He looked at me and said, "Do you know why I'm not worried about it?" I said, "No, please tell me why." He said, "I have tithing rights," and I thought, you know what, that is absolutely right. He had no concern, no fear over it. I think it was in the next month or within that same month, the house sold for more than they are asking for it. And then at the same time, just before they moved, they had another house that, you know, was being sold. And again, he kind of, we didn't have that exact conversation, but he looked at me and said, I have tithing rights. And again, that house sold while he's in Victoria. There's just a different covering that comes along of it because that is your divine link to everything that God does. And Jesus very clearly lays it out for you and I, and Ashley did a tremendous job explaining what prosperity is. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you, don't just, because I'm kind of adding on to what he said, please go watch it. It's on our um, YouTube or on our podcast. Go hear it, because you laid a very solid foundation, the purpose for prosperity. And I love what he said, we don't preach a prosperity gospel. There's no such thing. It's the gospel, and finances are connected in that. God wants you blessed so you can be a blessing in the city, in the world that you're a part of. That's what it's for. Right? And that's what we are here for. We're here to be a distribution center to reach more people with, wow, with money. That's what we do. 
But as we got to get this thing just sorted out right in our hearts because I, I want you and your family to prosper. I want not just me, God wants your family to go above and beyond. Because you can look at people and go, how come they're blessed and I'm not? Don't do that. Stay away from all that because that has nothing to do with it. You can look and go, man, God's really working in their life. That's amazing. Now how can I get in on that? Because God doesn't have any favorites. He loves us all the same way, but there's those that God recognizes. Remember, he's looking the whole earth, searching to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And Jesus talked to us strongly about money and heart. He said, where your money is, there your heart will be also. So a lot of times what we're finding just in, in our own time that we're you know, working with, pastoring with people, is that people want answers, they need help, they need direction, but their heart is not in God's church. They're hard and not in what God's kingdom is actually doing. And so God's trying to get answers to them. It's not that God's withholding. God can't get the answers to you because your heart's in a different place. If he looked at your bank account, okay, it's on Amazon. That's where your heart is, right? Or it's in the political realm. Okay, I'm sowing all this in the political. So your heart's in there. So this is, I, I just want to present this just clearly because I, I want to see people go amazingly blessed for God. That's the heartbeat here. Because we got generations that are coming up under us that I want to leave this place to whoever takes this on after me, blessed and ready to rock and roll to take on the rest of the city. Yeehaw. So Luke 16, 11, this is again Jesus' words. He said, if you are untrustworthy, about what? He could have said anything. He could have said with your marriage, with your kids, with friendships that you have. He could have said about the job that you have. He doesn't even address all of that. He says, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with, notice this, what he says, the true riches of heaven. So really, if I look at this going, Jesus doesn't actually care a whole lot about money, but he does. He doesn't, but he does. He's trying to get you and I, like our focus is looking at worldly wealth. Like I'm, I'm thinking you're looking at this verse and worldly wealth, the word is popping out at you. But I want you to ignore that for a moment. I want you to see who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. That's what I want our eyes on is the true riches of heaven. Being able to, you know, reach people for the Lord greater than you ever have before. Do you know how to do that? Be trustworthy with my worldly wealth. Is this, it's not just about, oh, I've got to reach more people. I've got to reach the lost, reach the lost. Well, if you can be trustworthy with the worldly wealth that you have, it won't be such a work or I've got to reach more people. I've got to reach more people. It'll just flow out of you because it's now become, your and God's heart has become synced. I'm glad I got you. Okay. Now look at verse 13. Click here for a sec. And then Jesus lays out, no one, we say no one, so I can't, you can't, no amazing man or woman of God can do this. No one can serve two masters. It's impossible for us to do it. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't. It is impossible. So he says, choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. Now we know this in Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, what does that look like? What is, that, what is the first part in this? And I've already mentioned the word tithe. What does that look like? Because it's your divine connection to everything God is. Now I want you to see Malachi chapter 3 for a moment. Everybody doing okay? You can do whatever you want with this message. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you. And it's up to you now to make a choice. Oh, I don't believe that. Or, yeah, you know what? I want to I make this work. Because this is something, Jamie, when I, I, was, I was at the gym last night, and Jamie... She preaches to me over text message. And man, man, that girl, can, she can text preach like you'd not believe, man. This is, it's coming. Anybody who just wants some text preaching, it's just from her. But she was reading me, can you, you want to just, in uh, J James chapter 1, it was like a, like a text. I'm like, I'm trying to do my, you know, it was back day yesterday, and I'm working on my back, and all of a sudden I get a text, boom. Girl, do you know what I'm doing right now? Like, I, <laughs> I got to like sit down in the library and take my time to read this. It, talking about, do you have it right there, sweetie? James 1.21 from the Passion Bible. I'm going to just read you a part of it. If you listen to the Word of God and don't respond to it, it's a form of self-deception. So this is where people are at. Because I, I mean, this is something that Jamie and I have, you know, we're working on in our personal life. Is the, you know, the biggest <laughs> joke, on the black is, joke on the block is the person who is self-deceived. <laughs> 
You think you got something, like what Paul said, you think you know something, but in reality, you don't actually know that much. So I've decided I'm going to submit to God's ways. When we saw tithing in the Bible, that's it. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to argue it. Why? Because I want my heart to be synced with him, and I want to be counted trustworthy of this worldly wealth. Why? So I want the true riches of heaven. That's what I want. Anybody else want that? And it doesn't come by praying. It doesn't come by fasting. It comes by being trustworthy with what you have in this world. So Malachi chapter 3, and this is the Message Bible, 6 through 12. This is God speaking. I am God. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know we saying that we are a child of God? Yes, we are. Well, this is God saying, I am God. Yes, I am. <laughs> I haven't changed. And aren't you thankful that our God has not changed? The same God that created the, in the earth in Genesis chapter 1, He's the same God today. Nothing has changed. He hasn't lowered His standard of holiness. He hasn't lowered His standard of you know, accountability. God is the same God back then as He is today. Just because culture around us changes does not mean that God's Word faults. He says, I have not changed. And because I haven't changed, now this is good news for Israel at this time, you, the descendants of Jacob, have not been destroyed. Because if he was a God that was changes, Israel would be gone. <laughs> you have a long history of ignoring my commands. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me. Now notice this is, notice the wording. Now I don't want you to see these harsh words. You kind of go, oh, that's, that's me. No, no. I want you to see the bigger picture of what God's heart is. Now this is one thing that the Lord's been helping me. I'm not just looking at a miracle or something that Jesus says and just, okay, that's it. I want to see the motive and the heart behind why he's doing what he's doing. He's saying this, you haven't done a thing I've told you, so he's saying, return to me. Can you see the urgency that's in, in God's word saying this? I haven't changed. I'm the same God. I alone am God. I want you back. And you better be thankful that I haven't changed because if not, you would be gone. So return to me so that what? So that I can... Return to you. God's waiting for your can. He's waiting for you to come back. Why? So that He can return to you. It's not that, listen, God's with you. He's in you. He's never left you. But He's not able to recognize you. That hurts when I hear that. Did you, we just read. But the ones whom God love God, God recognizes. So that doesn't mean that God's ignoring anybody. But some people stand out more than others. I want that to be me. Come on, somebody. You don't just kind of go, okay, God, I'm just going to pray along and hopefully you reckon. No, there's action required to this, says the God of angels' armies. Verse 8. You ask, but how do we return? By begin, by what? Being honest. Oh, can you guys? Oh, you ask. Oh, sorry, that's it. You ask, but how do we return? Verse 8. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? <laughs> what's the answer well no, I hope not but you rob me day after day you ask well how have we robbed you God the tithe and the offering that's how and now you're under a curse the whole lot of you because you're robbing me keep going click there bring your full tithe to the temple treasury or we'd say the church so there will be ample provisions in my temple and then he says, don't just leave them there, but now look at the attitude that you take on. Test me. God is saying this, test me. I know we've heard these verses so much, but I want you to see it with different eyes. He's trying to get something to you. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against martyrs. Go on to say, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. The message of God of the angel armies. Verse 12, finish it off. It says, you'll be voted the happiest nation. <laughs> we'll pass it around. And people are looking for happiness. And where are they trying to find it? In working more. In trying to buy more stuff. God's saying, you're going to be happy when you give to me what is due me. Why? Because again, God's got access to you again. I'm just so miserable. Do you tithe? Well, no. It's connected. Remember, you are a one-person being. This isn't, you don't got three or four different lives. You are one person. And this is just a huge one that I find church people are missing in general. 
And I'm not just talking, I'm talking all over. I've been in different places, different churches, and I've had the opportunity to smoke. And people are having crises in their life. And one of the first things that the Lord has led me and helped me to ask them is, are you part of a local church? Yes? Wonderful. Is this so-and-so your pastor? Yes, that's wonderful. Are you a tithing member of this church? Well, no. That's your problem. It's your pro- it's, you're not hitting it because this is, what, this is God's way. Man didn't make it up. You know, some pastor way back in the day didn't make it up. Abraham, before the law even began, he's the one that initiated, and God liked it so much, he carried it out throughout his word. This is God's access point to you and I so he can get to you. So guess what? You can be a happy people. God wants you happy. Because when you hear the tithe, they go, oh, God, again? When you hear tithe, it should be, yeah! It's a new attitude. It's a new paradigm shift. You'll experience what it's like to be a country of grace. (laughs) What does this nation need? A tithing church. You know why? Because once your heart gets aligned with what God wants, we'll be able to reach this nation more effectively than we ever had before. Why? Because your heart now is rather than trying to get more, now it's, Lord, what do you want? You want to reach more people? Bam, me too. Your heart changes. I didn't always want to reach people. I'll be very honest. I could give a rip. <laughs> You're an idiot. I don't want to talk to you. I'll be friends with you, but I don't, give a, I don't care where you end up in eternity. But the Lord's changed my heart. As Jamie and I, as we've been givers and tithers our whole marriage so far, but my heart's changed. How do these thoughts all of a sudden come up when, again, I'm going to use Walmart because that's the place I tend to hang out. <laughs> How can I be in Walmart and all of a sudden start looking at somebody down the aisle and go, they're eternally going somewhere. And I actually care? Where did that come from? How did that come from? It's not like I'm spending hours praying for the lost. It's because I began to tithe, and what's important to him became important to me. I got his heart through it. Can, can you see the difference here? So it's not just, okay, I have to you know, give this all away. No, because I want my heart divinely connected to his so I can see what he sees. How much you, but you'll experience what it's like to be a country of grace. So that was, that's a big one. And the second one I want to share with you then is being filled with the Spirit. And uh, let's just turn there for a moment in Ephesians chapter 5. Everybody doing okay? I know you're, you're taking this all in. I'm just, I want to be polite, make sure you're doing okay. And if you're not, you tell somebody else, not me. <laughs> no, my heart is, I, I just want to help. One of the anointings that we've declared over ourselves, we are anointed to help people get it. Because like what Ashley said last week, there are so many people that have abused the, the gospel or the prosperity side of things that people, when they hear it, they get ugh, get icky and yucky, and so they don't even want to hear anything. Then you've got other people that talk about it all the time, and all they want is money, 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 money. And you can manipulate people where it's so dangerous, and you, got, you actually can pull on people's emotions to give, and we want none of that. What are we? We want to be well balanced so that it comes out of your heart and hearing what the word has to say about it, not based on a need in a church. That's not what we are. That's not what we do here. We don't come. We don't take you know or receive our tithes and offerings every week for the sake of we want your money. That's not us. That's really not who we are. And I think if you know us, you you, you get that picture from us. The purpose is is an opportunity to worship and honor God first of all because His Word says so. So this is the second area now. Talking about being filled with the Spirit. And I think this is one that, again, I'm just going over some of the past experiences that I've had working with people. The biggest question that I still get, no matter where it is, is what has God called me to do? What do I do? How, what, what does God ask me to do? And that's a, it's a great question. And it's great to be on the hunt for it. It's great to pray and press into God on this. But one of the things that we can miss in asking that question is, again, one of the commands that the Word gives us in Ephesians chapter 5. And you'll actually read it right here. So this is what the Holy Spirit is telling you and I. He says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And Doesn't that sound good? Okay, that's great. Well, how how do you do that? We'll, We'll get to it. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand. Everybody say, understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, this is God's will that we understand what He wants us to do. How do I not act thoughtlessly? How do I, you know, how can I understand what God wants from me? Here it is, the key in verse 18. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. 
Right? So a lot of times, you know, the temptation is, okay, I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with my life. The temptation, because I can't figure these questions, these answers out in my head. Drinking sounds like a real easy way. Hello, you can laugh in church. It's okay. It's just... So, but he says, don't be drunk with wine. Why does he have to say that? It's because people, they didn't know what God wanted them to do. So what's the easy thing to do? To forget about those problems, forget about those tough questions. I'm going to just drink it off. Seems easy. So he says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, everybody say instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if I want to know what God wants me to do, if I want to know what God's plan is for my life, the key is right here. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do I be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's not you just come to an altar call and somebody shalabashal over you. Right? What does it? What does it all entail? Verse 19, clip. It says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. This is something you can do on an every single day, every moment basis, is you can just talk to the Lord no matter where you are, what you're doing. When the kids are going nuts. I love you, Lord. I'm not going to punch any of them. <laughs> Don't act as if you never sang that before. <laughs> yeah, you can actually just start worshiping the Lord and you can do it to your own heart. Do you know what's happening? You're getting filled with the Spirit. You get so full of Him, you all of a sudden, you make God so big in your living room, and you go, man, God, this is... And what is the singing psalms? And that can be songs that we sing here. Uh, what's the song we just sang? I forgot that. Was. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am who the Son sets free. And you can just break out and start singing psalms and hymns. What's a hymn? It's a song. It's not just one of those amazing grace. All of those are songs. And then what spiritual songs? Songs you can sing in other tongues. It's wonderful. You can just start singing it out loud in your heart. Now notice this. Who are you singing it to? To the Lord. This is one thing that we tell our boys all the time because, you know, it's, you know, when we have dinner, breakfast, any meal together. Okay, boys, let's pray. And they, right away, thank you, Jesus, for our food. Amen. Oh, Okay, like, okay, Jace, you won that one. Good job. And then, oh no, boys, I, 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 we're not just spouting things off. Remember, you're talking to God. You're not talking to your food. Right? Like, we have to get that sometimes in our mind. And so, you know, after a while, okay, we'll talk to God. God, I just want to thank you for the mountains. Oh, and all the birds. And Lord, the penguin that I saw today on TV, and it just goes on. And, okay, yeah, finish it up. Let's, let's go here. <laughs> But remember, when we're singing songs, we're doing all this, even during worship time here, it's an opportunity to get filled with the Spirit. So when we're singing, we're not singing again for the audience of many, we're singing for the audience of one. When I'm lifting up my voice to Him and I start singing Him, I'm not doing it for anybody. I do it for Him. And as a result, remember this is what I love hearing this, is when I sing praises, it comes from my heart. It's not how good somebody plays on an instrument. Praise is a result of a heart condition. Lord, I'm turning my heart to you. And as I do it, the Bible says that he in inhabits the praises of his people. He comes in when we praise. That's how you get filled. And you don't need to wait for a church service. You can do it Monday morning on Canada Day and just go, before I sing this anthem, Lord, I'm going to just, I love you. And I'm going to just start singing some things. This to me, this is something that I was just telling Jamie. You know, again, working and talking with people. I just said to the Lord, you know, I was, I was here, <laughs> all the lights were off, and I just said, Lord, I, I want to be your friend. I, I genuinely want to be a friend of God. Uh, my heart is for you. I, I really, I care about you. I care about what you care about. And it just started to rise up in me, just, ah, just this lightness and this joy that came with, just making that request, just saying, Lord, I, I want to be your friend. So teach me how to do that. It's, it's been a passion of mine for years. And one of the things, I've seen other men and women of God that I look up to and I go, man, I love the relationship you have with the Lord. And I would sit down with them over dinner and say, man, talk to me about your walk with God. That, that basically is my first question that I go to is, what does your time with the Lord look like? What, what do you do? What is, it, what is it all about? And one of the things that I just, over my times, you know, gathering all this information and you know, writing it all on my phone, the stuff that I hear, is they have started to develop this buddy-buddy relationship with God 
where it's not just talking about ministry or just talking about problems that I'm going through or just talking about what I see that's going out in the world. It just became a, hey, how's it going? This is what I want to just show you a little bit today. I want that buddy-buddy relationship with the Lord. Anybody else? Like, I crave that. That to me has been my biggest thing. And so the Lord just brought some of these verses back to my understanding. If you love me, do what I say. Sure. And I'm not expecting you to come talk. I'm, right now I'm, I'm in this season I find for my personal life. Lord, I'm, just, I'm digging into what you've already said. And I'm going to just obey what I see written in your word. You tell me to be filled with the Spirit? Absolutely. I'm going to do that. And if God, if you want to speak to me more outside of that, I'm open. Right, but it just starts there. So many times we're looking for, okay, God, tell me something else. Tell me something that I could hear. It's right here. So make sure that we're not just looking for some new thing or looking for some audible voice. God doesn't speak to you audibly. And that's what we're going to get to probably in this summer, just talking about how to understand walking with the Holy Spirit looks like. Because He's in you, and He wants to talk to you and I. Amen? Let me just see if I have one more thought here. Yeah, just this last thought I want to share with you. Because the opposite of obedience would be disobedience. And disobedience, it opens the door for the enemy. You know, Ephesians 4.27, Paul said it this way, don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Now here's the thing. The devil can't just come into your life. He can't just barge right in and just do whatever he wants. He has to be granted access. So the, Paul, the Holy Spirit said here, don't give him anything. Come on, say that together. Don't give him anything. I'm not giving him a, a single inch. Because if you give him an inch, he takes a foot. I give him nothing. So whatever the Lord asks of me, I'm going to do it with the best of my ability. I can't have, I don't want that. My marriage is too precious to me to all of a sudden be disobedient to the Lord. <laughs> so why do, and this is the last thing I wanted to mention, is why do some people disobey the Word of God or some impulses of the Spirit? Number one is you may stand out from others. Why don't I obey? Well, first of all, you're going to stand out. You are going to look way different from what everybody else is doing. Number two, why do some people disobey? Fear of man, again, living for the wrong audience. And you can see this, 1 Samuel chapter 15, not for time's sake, I would, you should read that story. But this is all about King Saul, Israel's first king. He lost his kingship. He lost his place in leadership because of disobedience. It wasn't something, he did something immoral. <laughs> he disobeyed God. It's huge. He lost the whole kingdom. And Samuel finally came to him and said, you know, it's what's better, sacrifices or offering? Or uh, sacrifices or obedience? Obedience. So a lot of times people are just, you know, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my next month. I'm not going to watch any TV just so I can ignore the command you gave me. It won't work. Right? He's looking for obedience, not just sacrifices. Thirdly, why do some people disobey? It may cause me to be uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? It's going to be uncomfortable. But this is the greatest part is you can step out and watch God perform in you like you've never seen before. It's worth it. Oh, okay, fourthly, why do some people disobey? Is ignorance to what the Bible actually says. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. <laughs> so if we're not even spending time in what the Word of God says, guess what? It's going to be impossible to obey. <laughs> Does that make sense? My kids can't obey me when they don't hear a word I have to say to them. If they're always you know, ignoring me or you know, trying to get away from me, always hanging out in the basement, never coming up to talk to me, they will never hear anything from me, so they're going to just live their life and hope something pans out. Now, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Come and talk with God. He wants to reveal His Word, but if we're not going to the Word first of all, He's got nothing to say to us. right? Well, God will just speak to me some other way. No. That's not how God does things. And lastly, is you, don't, you just don't trust God. A lot of people, why don't people obey? You just don't trust them. So how do you fix trust? Spend time in the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Right? It changes. It solves the problem. Is, that, is there any questions? <laughs> I thought, you know, it's, it's fair. It's, we're live streaming it. So if there's any questions, maybe somebody on live stream has one. But I, I want to open this up. Is there anybody that actually has a concern or a question on this? Because this, again... The reason we're bringing this up is, you know, the Lord spoke so clearly to, to our church last week 
just regarding the final, financial aspect of it. And I saw a lot of people stand up to make a commitment saying, Lord, we, we want to trust you with our finances. You know what? Good for you. Way to take that stand because, you know what, it becomes so easy where it just becomes a mundane thing. You, you know, I go to work, I get a paycheck, and, you know, we've got to do our thing. Not realizing we're having a bigger picture of what God is doing in this nation. It's bigger than you and I. What impacting generations is, it's bigger than us. So I just genuinely want to ask, does anybody have a question um, on that? Yeah. If you don't have money to tithe, that's, that's a good question. Uh, first of all, you would say, number one, get a job. You're in school or something like that? Like you literally have not even a penny to your name. So if you're, if you're making any kind of money, like let's just, let me answer it this way. If you're making any kind of money, no matter how little it may be, God is not interested in the largeness of the, 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 the tithe. He's looking for the tithe. So for some people, it's $1,000. For some people, it's $100. But it's the tithe that he's interested in. But if you're making out like literally you don't have a job, you don't make, like you are, it's very hard to say because I think everybody in here has money. But if you don't even have a penny to your name, you could sow time. You could sow for a job. Like the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. So it should really encourage you to get a job if somebody doesn't even have a penny to their name, right? Yeah. Mm. Good, good, good. Everybody hear that? Say if you're if you're married, your significant other does not want you. Maybe they're not a believer and they don't want you to tithe. Well, one of the things that we, as from the churches and the biblical perspective, from I see, is you want you and your spouse to be in unity to do it together. Because if you were just to go take it and go run off with it and just say, "I'm gonna," I don't care what you say, "I'm gonna go do this." There's still not a blessing on that because the Lord commands unity. So I, I would say if your husband or significant other doesn't want you to tithe, I would work with them in love, but I wouldn't do it unless you had their blessing on it. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. It's both. So really, when, you, when God's able to trust you with the little natural wealth that you, that you receive on this earth, He's able to get more to you. I can't remember the address, but if you just type it in in Google, like in Proverbs, it talks about a faithful man shall abound with blessing. So the result of being faithful with little is you get much. But also in this context, Jesus is talking about the true riches of heaven also being what's more important than just money is souls. You're able to reach and have a greater influence in people's lives because you're faithful with the small things just as money. Does that make sense? Anybody else have a question? Oh, yeah. Let's see one more here. Should a person tithe off of their net or their gross income? That's a good question. I mean, for, that's something that maybe the Lord can talk to you, but for us, it's our gross. Whatever comes in, because again, it's, I'm not trying to cheap out on God. I want to give Him my best. So for me, it's, Jamie and I, we do it out of our gross. Yeah. Ten percent. That's the tithe. Yeah, ten percent. Or tithe does not mean eight percent. It's ten percent. Okay. Well, you have more opportunities. Absolutely. That's, that's what God said to Malachi. Test me in this to see. I won't pour out a... Yep. No, that's good, Joe. Hope you don't mind. We're just taking a few questions because this is something and people go home going, well, what does that mean? I, I want to just make sure we're open on this. Yeah, Mr. Mack. How would you test that? You know, 
Well, you would definitely know on the inside. You would have the Holy Spirit would confirm that in you. Um, <clears throat> I don't think in the sense that when Malachi says, test me in this, it's not necessarily talking about, per se, a job. He's saying, test me to make sure that I won't pour out the windows of heaven over you. So the testing is not so much in, okay, God, if I do this, you're going to give me a new or better job. It, that may be, but he's going to lead you in that now. That's the second part of it is through the, the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what we're going to talk about next because there is not a book of Mackenzie that will say, okay, Mac, you know, starting July 1st, you're going to go to so-and-so and this is the new job you're going to have and this is what's going to take place. Now that comes to being led by the Spirit. If we're faithful to do what the Word says, then he's able to give us the impulses that we need to hear next. So for right now, for those that aren't properly, aren't giving their tithe yet, the impulses, you, you won't hear them. But the impulses come when you open it up to do what the word says first. I believe the impulses come second. I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah. Hey, welcome back, John. John's oldest son passed away last week. And so as a church family, we came together and was helping John go to that trip. So John, thank you. Yeah, man, we, we love you. We're glad that you're able to go and support and be with your family. Absolutely. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. Mm, okay, thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Any other questions on that? We're good? One more? Sorry, the lights are on me. Yep. Hey. No, that's... Hey, Nadine, let me, let me just cut you right there because I... Let me just... When you tie, it doesn't mean that you stop having problems. The tithe, is, the tithe is now the open access for God to get into your life. Till that point, you've actually... Yeah. So then you know what? Then other things come into place too, Nadine, that you can't always be... You, you got two... Okay. So then you always have... There's also two people in a relationship. You got people doing... They got their own wills. Your kids have their own wills. They are of age now where they have a responsibility on them to make decisions. That, Nadine, it's not of your, any of your fault. Nadine. No. Sure. Yeah. So that doesn't. No, exactly. No, I, that's that's not what I said. Yeah, the tithe is the open door for God to have access into your life. Outside of that now, the people can still be tithing and people still have a will to do whatever they want. We still got a flesh that people got to deal with. You have unrenewed minds. Just putting money in a bucket and saying, okay, God, I'm testing you in this. Yeah, he, look at like today, Nadine, you are protected. It could have been a whole lot worse if you had not even been. So you got to look at it this like it's so no fault of your own. God is still on your side. God is for you. And because you've been a tither, there is still an open access for you to reach your family greater than you've ever had before. You're protected. And you know what it is? There's a devil that is here to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he's after your family. He's after the whole family dynamic. He's looking to take you out any possible way that he possibly can. So right now, you're doing awesome. I, I kudos to you, Nadine. Like you're doing a, you did a wonderful job. And you can't look at how your kids behaved as an example of going, well... I thought this I thought this worked. Well, no, they also have a will of their own. So you did a great job. That's a really good question though. Yes. Yeah. Hey Amen. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I have experienced 
Man, praise God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's wonderful. Is there any more? Um, yeah, I'll just do that. No, that's good. Thought you were going to come preach, and that's, yeah, here we go. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I guess I just wanted to open it up. Like Jamie and I were just talking. Like, let's just have a family moment just to talk about some of this stuff because we know there, there is some deep hurt that's going on in this church family. And that's our desire is not just to preach. Okay, and figure it out. Good luck to you. Our heart, we work together in this. We're a family in this. And we push forward together on this. Because on top of it, as a church family, whether you, like we're growing. We've also just got, like on Friday, we got that second piece of property, (laughs) y'all. And so that's, that's wonderful news. And because here at the church as well, we don't just, okay, believe tithing just for Jamie and I. But as a church, we also give out of whatever comes in also goes back out. So right now we're tithing, I think about 17% of what comes in is automatically going out to another ministry to spread the good news of the gospel. So your seed, when you sow into this ministry, doesn't just stop at this door. It goes out and it's going all across the world to reach a harvest of souls. So when you get to heaven, that's really the best way that you'll see it is all the people that you've reached because of the dollars that you've sown. So last year, I believe we gave about $124,000 out from this family. Like, this is from us. And look how God's rewarded us. Bing, bang, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Just, right now, I'll start with bing, bang. That's, I like bing, bang right now, but we'll boop, 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 boop as we go on. But I want to just to take some time just to talk about family because, man, that really pulled on our heart last week when we saw people stand up just to give a third. I'm, I'm, I'm making a commitment to trust you with my finances. And, man, I just I want to applaud you for that. It's wonderful because you can look at stats and you can go through different churches and ask, do you guys tithe? And only, you know, here we It's actually the church world at large. It's, uh, I think, 7% of the church tithes worldwide. <laughs> and then Jordy told me a stat. If the whole church tithed, if the whole body of Christ and the whole wide world tithed, we could solve a lot of the world issues. <laughs> Why? Because it's not the government's job to take care of the world. It's the church's job. We're here, and so we put way too much confidence in what those guys say. Man, this is the church. We're the ecclesia ones, and so um, that's who we is. Amen? So, you know, on that note, we're going to just just receive our, our tithes and offerings just to honor the Lord. And uh, the reason why, we again, we do it, and we want to honor Him. Because you know what I love? No matter, and kind of going back to Scott's first question regarding, okay, well, if I don't have a job or if I make very little... Jesus took the five loaves of bread and the two fish and he multiplied it. So it's not limited by, oh man, like I only have two bucks. If it's two bucks, give God that access. Give him that access. It's not about how much comes in. It's more about, man, my heart, I want to align it with God. Because you imagine what God could do with 200 people that are in this room that are aligned with his will to do what he wants to do. Red deer would be blown up in the best way. It'd be danger zone for the devil. Why? Because it's just a heart thing. Man, it's not, okay, God, move. We want to see you move. We want to see. He's ready to move. It's, are we ready? And that's what I find even the tithe is, is getting my heart in line with what he wants to do. And so that's what we're going to just do this morning. And I've taken up your offering message here, Aaron, already. So I do apologize. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.